A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Rick Henderson, and welcome to the Pocket Link Podcast for another special edition, this time focused on the many products launched during the week at Apple's Far Out event. Joining me to discuss the new devices and Apple's direction is Pocket Lint's own Britta O'Boyle, who's actually out in Cupertino, California, to cover the event and has had a chance to play with the iPhone 14 series handsets, the new Apple Watches and the AirPods Pro 2 earbuds. Hi, Britt. Um, Hi, I'm, I'll, yeah, I, uh, um, I'll start by asking you what you thought of the event itself and then we'll go through the products individually to find out your thoughts. No worries. Yeah, the event itself was actually great. It was really nice to be there in person or back in person as well because it's been virtual for the last couple of years before this one. Um, so there's lots of lots going on, lots of nice um, drama in the Steve Jobs Theatre when they were all announcing the products. And it was nice to actually be able to get hands on properly straight away as well. So, yeah, overall great. I mean, that's the thing is, is Apple always do put on a good show, but it's good to actually see the products it is and they launched or they uh teased that severance um teaser at the end too though we missed that because um i was too busy going to find the product <laughs> yeah we didn't see that either oh, we, we missed it as well there was there was that one time it was what it was what, two seconds something like yeah, that I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, but to be honest i haven't seen severance yet it is no. on my list so i <laughs> i absolutely missed that reference entirely um <laughs> all right too. let's start the way that Apple did, uh, and we'll go through the, each of the products individually, find out your thoughts, um, but we'll start with the Apple Watch, because the Apple Watch series, in fact, all three of them, um, because that's exactly how Apple began, and we'll start with what they started with, which was the Apple Series 8. Yeah, so it's very, very similar to the Series 7. In fact, I don't think you'd really be able to tell the difference Um in terms of physical appearance there's a few new features but on the whole the watch itself is the same design that we've seen since basically 2015 obviously that display is slightly more expanded than it was back then but it's still still the same thing so if you're upgrading from a series 7 then it may be a model to skip over this year but there are some cool things like the body temperature sensor that they've added which is great for women or should be great for women for detecting ovulation um, and then there's a couple of other bits here and there that um, add to the thing like the car crash detection feature although hopefully you never need did. to use that right <laughs> yeah it did seem like the best new features it had you would hope not to use um, Ooh, or at least exactly. certainly if you're a man I mean like the ovulation stuff that I mean having gone through um, a period of trying to have a child and, and eventually succeeding but um, going through that whole process of, of trying to time it right I can see a real mm. benefit for that. Um, for sure. Yeah, same. And I use um, I use a thermometer um, every morning. And I use an app that um, I'm trying to avoid it, <laughs> but the um, but it would it requires you to sort of put it in every single morning. So the fact that um, that a watch could potentially do that without you needing to be involved necessarily, except for having to wear it on your wrist, that's quite a big thing for us, really. Um, those people that want to. And- be able to- detect that could be called the hands made tail feature <laughs> which, uh, which is really horrible 
<laughs> That's probably the bleakest thing I've said today. <laughs> Still time. Right? Still time. Um, but the other feature you would hope never to use, and that's the car crash detection. Um, of course. My car right. actually does that uh, already. Yeah. It will if it's, if it's in a crash, it will inform the emergency services. And again, it's a feature that you kind of am glad, are glad that it's there, but you hope never to find out whether it works or not. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, it's pulling in quite a lot of the the tech within the product in order to be able to do it. Um, and obviously it's on the iPhones too, as we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, but it, but it's certainly, I mean, it's good to have, I guess, but hopefully something you'll never, ever need to use. So I think my last question about Series 8, um, and as, a, as someone who's actually in the market for a new Apple Watch, is it worth upgrading if you say you have a Series 6? Because it, it didn't seem to be if you had a Series 7. Yes, I think for the Series 6, then yes, I do think it is because you get that extra screen real estate with it that you got on the 7, but obviously it's transferred to the 8 as well. So yes, I would say if you're on the Series 6 and you want those extra sensors that the SE doesn't offer, then yes, I would say upgrading to the 8 is a good idea this time around. Cool. Uh, There was also an Apple Watch SE, but um, we'll... We'll be very light on that, much like Apple. <laughs> I mean, it was literally going, there's a new SE, it's in several new colours, and uh, bye. Um, Pretty much. So, uh, it's, yeah, they, they have added some things, though, haven't they? Yes, there are a couple of things, though there's no always on display, which I must say I'm a little bit sad about. I was yeah. I thought they might bring that on, and they didn't, so... I I mean it will obviously give you a little bit more than the older model, but yeah, there's not there's not a huge change there. Um, I'd say if you're upgrading from the older model, you may want to consider some of the other ones instead or wait. Yeah. Um. So now on to the big one for the Apple Watch range, um, the Apple Watch Ultra, which surprised me in terms of the name because we all thought it was going to be something completely different. Um, but mm-hmm. what do you think of that? I mean, from where, from our stance, watching the watching the um, the event, it looks brilliant. But yeah, what do you so, think? So it is very, um, it's very different to the to the Series Eight. It's a little bit like the Series Eight on steroids, plus some more. <laughs> um, it's got it, it's it's big, like it is big. Um, on my wrist, it looked quite chunky, quite. That um, is certainly not going to blend in. Um, but it's 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 lovely. It's a, it's very very nicely designed. The titanium actually makes it quite light when it's on your wrist, so surprisingly you don't really notice it um, given how large it is. And the flat screen, it's got a much flatter display. So where the Series Eight and the previous Apple Watches have got like a curved display that sort of can can get scratched if you sort of hit it in the wrong uh, way. The titanium's got like ed- edge protection and you can really see it when you see the device itself. Um, there's also like a much more rugged sort of casing around it, but the, though it's not like an actual case, it's like built into the design itself. So the, the buttons and everything's more tactile and you obviously get that action, that extra action button on the left as well, which is great because I don't know if you ever tried to start a um work out with your apple watch when your hands oh, are yeah. like sweaty or wet as a nightmare <laughs> yeah oh absolutely um const- constantly uh find that a problem yeah so so, so that action button is customizable so that will help 
with things like that, but you can obviously use it for starting a workout or people that are slightly more like going for the extreme sports thing here. Um, you can use it to like start a dive as well, I believe. So there's like quite a lot going on there, which is great. And we saw some, I saw some demos of the diving app that they teased in the event. And that's pretty cool. Obviously the woman wasn't diving. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to work if you actually were, but it shows you like all the metrics and stuff that a diver would potentially want to see. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's very exciting. It's, it's, it's a lovely device, if at least new. I don't know if you'd want to sleep with it on your wrist, though. Which no, it didn't look like you really would want to. And they were saying no. that it would, that, uh, that it had some sleep-based functionality. And I thought I wouldn't want to sleep with that. No, so it's obviously will have that the temperature from. Oh, it's got the temperature sensor as well. But it, but it yeah. also watchOS nine is bringing more advanced sleep stages. Um, but yeah, I just don't know that you would be comfortable sleeping in that it's a bit like the Garmin Phoenix like it's huge to, to go to sleep with that you I mean it's going to knock you out <laughs> yeah I, I you know I, most people I know who have got a diver's watch an analog diver's watch take it off at night they don't they don't yeah. sleep with it exactly. um, but I think my question here is if you um are in the market for an Apple watch generally uh, is this the one to buy, even if you're not planning to do anything extreme with it? See there, I'd probably say no, because whilst the battery's obviously three days or claiming to be three days and then the 60 hours when a different mode gets launched later this year, I do think that, it, I mean, it's a lot of money. It's it's double what you, nearly, nearly double what you'd pay for the Series 8. You get a lot of the same sensors with the Series Eight, except for like the depth gorge and like things like that. So there's like some there's bits on there like dual precision GPS, I believe, is on the Ultra as well. But they are specific features that you'd really probably only use if you were actually going to do something a little bit more extreme than um, than the average person. That said, I suppose if you're running a marathon or you're doing marathons or ultras or the triathlon kind of market I guess there is something to be said for it then um but I think if you're just like your average Joe that doesn't do any of these things then maybe opt for the series eight there save a bit of cash cool um right the uh we also had an upgrade to some airpods because we found out we we finally saw the much rumored airpods pro 2 um what's new so they've got a H2 chip, which is powering quite a lot of different things going on there. Uh, they actually look very much the same in terms of their actual physical appearance. Uh, there's a couple of like differences that um, speaker on the back of the pod has moved slightly. But on the whole, you probably wouldn't know it, um, the difference between the first gen and the second gen in terms of looks. But in terms of actual experience, I tried them out in the hands-on area and they're actually they're actually great. The you can see the decibel changes when the active noise cancellation comes on if you've got an um, an Apple Watch because they've got this new noise app that shows you, and it actually highlights what the difference is when the AirPods are in your ear. But more than that, the sound is great coming from them. But there's also like a touch sensor now on the stem which takes a little bit of time to get used to the way that you use it 
I'd say it took me about five to 10 seconds to just get that sort of movement down. But once I got it down, it, it was actually, I'm not sure I can go back now to my lovely AirPods <laughs> 3 <laughs> without that sensor. So you sort of like put your thumb behind the um, the stem and then you put your um, index finger on the front where the touch thing and you can, you sort of slide up and down, but quite sort of forcefully, but not too forcefully because you don't want to push it obviously because then it activates different things and that will change the volume which it's great it works really well and there's audio cues as well um that you can hear as it goes which are quite satisfying I must admit but there's there's plenty going on here so actually in terms of upgrades you get um like personalized spatial audio as well with these ones yeah that sounds good that that, uh, I know um Sony does do that on its um WF 1000 XM what what generation are we up to three um, four, I think, yeah. or four on, on the uh, on the new Sony earbuds um, they also have basically the they map you take a map of your ear and it personalizes the uh, the, the eardrum and the ear canal uh, yeah, so that the sound exactly. actually works within it and I think Apple has just done exactly the same hasn't it yeah pretty much yeah so um, the lady in the hands-on area um, said that you'd set it up in the in the sort of airpods section of the of the of the your iphone and stuff so yeah there's quite a lot going on there's quite a lot going on and the charging case has changed quite a lot as well there's find my on it now and it's got a speaker um so your devices will show up separately so each ear each earpod or airpod will show up in your in the find my app along with the case itself and there's a you can you can add engraving and an and aim emoji because obviously I mean who doesn't want an emoji on there but there's also like a little loop thing that you can add a loophole as well or like a lanyard thing so there's quite a lot quite a lot of differences with and it can be charged with your watch charger as well can't it yes yeah which is great which is really handy (laughs) that's very handy (laughs) um okay well sounds great um they sound really good and there are a lot of changes and a lot of features uh Speaking of which, is the iPhone 14. Now, the iPhone 14's biggest change is the 14 Plus, which is the 6.7-inch version of the iPhone 14. And those two are very much married together, aren't they, in terms of specs, features, etc.? Yeah, 100%. They're they're pretty much identical, um, apart from the physical size and battery capacities. Otherwise, you're looking at exactly the same device, just on a larger scale with the Plus. So the first question it. I was asked, and I'll ask you mm-hmm. about that, is uh, what's the main differences between iPhone 13 and iPhone 14? Because it's not as obvious, say, as the Pros. No, so that's, yeah, there isn't as much difference this year. Now, I'd say there's less difference between the 13 Pro and the 14, because actually the 14s are taking the Pros chip, so the 5-core GPU rather than the four core GPU that the iPhone 13 had and the iPhone 14s are also borrowing that main camera upgrade that happened last year for the the 13 Pro so they actually get the main camera from the 13 Pro which is a slightly wider aperture so hopefully will help with better low light shots which also should be helped by the photonic engine that Apple have introduced this year I mean what we what that will translate to in real world shots we don't know yet obviously but 
hopefully it will mean that you get better shots when it's not so great conditions. But otherwise, though, there's not a huge amount different. The front the front camera also gets upgraded, sorry, which it now adds autofocus and a f1.9 aperture, so wider again than the previous models. But otherwise, it's not it's not hugely different. The same same design, exactly the same. So they haven't even moved the lenses this year, whereas last year they split those lenses into a diagonal rather than vertical. So you could kind of tell physically that it was different, but obviously this year you can't. So new color though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a blue. Um, and also the that bigger version, which they haven't really yes. done before. Yeah, which is cool. So, I do yeah. miss the mini though. I love the mini. The mini was great. I a lot of people have said to me, why have they got rid of the Mini? Um, but, hey, it can't have sold. No, I guess not. So, so now on to the, uh, the, uh, the big boys, the iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. Now, these did seem to have quite a few new significant changes, not least that pill box shaped cutout on the front. Yeah, so there's some there's some big changes with the iPhone 14 Pros this year, that um, and especially against the iPhone 14, actually. So I'd say this year, compared to any other previous year, you actually get, uh, I mean, a Pro. <laughs> so you don't yeah. you don't get the you don't just get um, a processor upgrade, which obviously you do there on the A16 chip rather than sticking with the A15, but you also get camera enhancements pretty much everywhere especially in terms of the 48 megapixel main camera sensor. I mean, you'd probably know a little bit more about how that works than I would. But in on the whole, the, the whole idea is you're meant to get better cameras from the Pro, and it seems like this year they're really going for that. Um, but yes, it's the front of it that is the exciting part, I think, for most people with that dynamic island. I mean, I laughed when they said that name because who else could possibly <laughs> call Bill shaped cut out a dynamic island? But, you know, that way it, so. I think everybody did, but it it looks like the coolest thing they've done in many years. It is brilliant. I have to say, having used it myself in the demo areas and stuff, I, I was just surprised by the fact that I mean it's so it's so easy to be like let's make everything smaller let's do this but they've they've kind of done it differently this time they've actually gone actually no let's do something with this space and normally you'd be a bit annoyed that your screen's getting blocked or whatever because because it actually does something and it's really quite functional um it's actually great like it works really well so you sort of open an app and it'll be like a music say for example Apple Music you open that app up normally and then you would swipe up as you normally would to get rid of the app. But then the app sort of moves swiftly into that little box and the album art that would be that's on the app itself that you're playing from whatever you're playing. That moves into those little like waves on the right hand side of the dynamic island and that sort of mimic the album art. So it's really well like sort of thought out and stuff with especially with Apple's own apps anyway. And the and you can actually add a separate a second app that will split the dynamic island. So if you were to launch the a timer, for example, it will then appear um, on the top. It will then appear on the top. Yes, yeah. alongside it. Um, aside from that, it it adapts. So based on like what you're doing, like if Face ID, if you're unlocking your phone, it turns into a square. 
rather than the pill shape. So it's really cool because it just sort of just changes based on whatever you're doing and whatever function or notification. Like when you turn the silent toggle, it will widen. So it's never it's never just a static. It's never just that I one love, static thing. It, it expands. I love that idea to incorporate it to incorporate yeah. that piece of design that is functional because it needs to be there into something that actually is fun. That's to be honest, that's quintessentially Apple. Yeah, it really the, the, is. Um, one of the best things about it is that typically, like the always-on display, obviously is on board the. Um, iPhone 14 Pros as well, which is a big deal for Apple because whilst it's been on Android devices for oh yeah, who knows how many years, it's it's the first for Apple on their phones. Obviously, it's on the watch, but it's not. It hasn't been on their phones in the past. What's interesting about the always on display is that it's actually coloured. So sometimes, obviously, with always on displays, they're typically black and white, or maybe a, a few colours here and there, but nothing particularly substantial. With Apple's one, it's actually it kind of looks like you've dropped your brightness all the way down to like as low as you can go, but you can still see the screen, if that makes sense. So you get all the colours yeah. that you would yeah. have before, which is quite interesting because normally that's not the case. But the Dynamic Island is definitely sort of, I mean, it's great. You tap on it and it like pops up a little bit more. And then if you tap on it again, you get back to the app. So it, it's it's a whole different way of interacting with your phone, I guess, which technically happened when the iPhone X came out and you had to start swiping up and you know when you used to touch ID and then yeah I remember up. that um, but I feel like this is the same but it's actually useful like a little bit like it's not like the touch bar on the MacBook Pro where nice to have but actually do you really need it I feel like this this thing will actually work quite well okay. brilliant uh, back to the camera just quick the, the bit that impressed me both about the main camera it's 48 megapixels but it actually is one of the first ever phone cameras to to use four in one pixel binning and what that means is that um it can adapt to use four a square of four of the pixels as one pixel so um what that does is it expands the area that it can um, absorb light and give you incredible performance within low light uh, and and poor ambient light. So it effectively, it gives you a 12 megapixel picture, but allowing more light into the lens and therefore allowing more light to the sensor and allowing more light to come into your picture. So that's how pixel binning works. And what was impressive is they've managed to do that in a phone and we hadn't <laughs> seen that before. So, yeah, yeah so that was... Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the bit that I really, really was impressed with. Um, and also, if you don't want to do that, if it's a if you've got really great light, you can have forty-eight megapixel pictures. So if you want to take a photo of your gran and put it up a, a whole wall, for example, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, it all sounded very good, and um, I understand you'll be doing a little bit more out with Apple over the next coming days, which you'll be able to read on uh, PocketLint.com. For sure. And that's it for another edition of the Pocketing Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. Also, follow us on Twitter at PocketLint and Instagram at PocketLint.com. I'll be back with another episode soon. Hope you'll join me then. Tati bye. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.